Hello and welcome to Gluten-Free Angela. Let's talk about gluten-free, shall we? This is my first podcast of the year of 2023. And I thought I would share a funny story with you. There is this image of baking as well. Baking a beautiful cake, but there's a little bit of a funny story. And it's a little bit about sauerkraut as well. Okay, so cake, sauerkraut, really? I'm one of these people, I buy magazines, but I don't read them straight away. So they'll go into my um, bag and then when I've got time, I'll have a quick look. And I've got National Geographic Traveller Food Magazine and it's autumn 2022. And I was looking through this and I suddenly realised when I read something in there, and it's what they're eating in Warsaw. And it said sauerkraut cake. And I thought I made a sauerkraut cake once as well. And I just want to share this story because I think it's really hilarious. And I have no photographic evidence left at all. But I'll, I'll share this with you. So a little bit about this sauerkraut cake. And it's saying about this place in Warsaw. Um, what is it saying? Selling brioche sandwiches as a hip night market. That's fine. Um, however, the thing to order is the crispy sauerkraut cake topped with sour cream and chives. Now, that si sounds really quite nice. To me, it sounds like a little bit of a latke with some sauerkraut or something like that. But I really want to talk about sauerkraut cake. So I used to go to this cake club and we would have a different theme every month of what to create. And I don't know if people remember the um, clandestine cake club. And I used to go there and it was at a time when I could tolerate a little bit of gluten, but I'd barely, barely afterwards. And I knew that after I'd been to this cake club, I can have some little bits and then I could get home and like, you know, I can't tolerate gluten very well. Um, to, but I'm at the point now, I just can't, I, I really can't risk it at all. Not only does my skin erupt, uh, like it, it's just, I, I can't, we all have these reactions to gluten in different ways. And mine's just got to the point where I, I you know, I really can't risk it. And if I do, um, I'll be ill. So anyway, in this cake club, this month's theme was about secret ingredients and you know people think about the um the beetroot that they put in chocolate cake which is fine of course we've got carrots then we've got lots and lots of other things and, and, and i remember going to a cake club years and years ago and and i'm sorry if you're the person who made this but back in the days in the war in the second world war i believe they made this tomato soup cake well somebody made one once and i have never tasted anything as awful in my life <laughs> like you had to be on serious rations to to think that this thing this tomato soup cake tasted like a cake but anyway i digress so i found a recipe for sauerkraut cake and i'm sat there thinking okay i need to rinse it a little bit <laughs> because I can't have this all this salt in it so I did rinse the sauerkraut a little bit but I made this beautiful chocolate cake and 
you know when you finish making the cake and it, you know you put a lot of sauerkraut in this cake and I thought well what's the difference between you know putting some cabbage in that's got some pickles in it of course you know into a chocolate cake like I make a chili chocolate cake I put in um, cayenne pepper and, 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 and all sorts and you know we put things into cakes anyway I made this chocolate cake it was blooming gorgeous it was so nice it was light it was delicious you know when you're layering it up and you you take like a, a little spoonful out of the middle and you think I'll, I'll fill that with the topping and it was a beautiful cake now I I will say I did rinse the sauerkraut so I wasn't putting all of that you know uh, that sourness in as well but sauerkraut is still sauerkraut isn't it so anyway made this chocolate cake it was absolutely gorgeous really really gorgeous and I put this beautiful decadent ganache on and laid it all up and it was beautiful and I put it into this little baking box thing and I have to say it was from one of these cheapy shops and I put this cake in there because I had something else in the lock and lock one. I thought, oh, that'll be fine. So we used to meet at a different location every month. And everyone used to bake a cake and sit down and we'd have a little bit of each other's cake. And then we'd take home a piece of everything for, for our family. And that was it. And we would turn up and we would disappear within two hours. So it's really weird for everybody watching with all these huge great de cake decorations we had to speak to the places and say look we have a cake club can we come along we will buy teas and coffees and things like that we won't be out buying any of your cakes or your sandwiches because we could have 15 cakes that we all bring along and we're going to sample but you know the staff are more than welcome to have some of this so anyway there were different places around that had no issues whatsoever with this arriving they tend to be the larger places and i'd like to say uh, like thank you to certain places but this was in a garden center it was a rather busy cafe garden center and anyway as i'm walking through this very busy garden center cafe just by two tills the bottom falls out of my kit carrier it goes upside down and the cake smashes onto the floor explodes on impact shoots sideways hits people in the shoes hits like the tills etc and i'm just stood there in absolute horror as I am holding the top of the cake carrier the clear bit but the coloured bit the bottom bit is on the floor upside down and the cake is just splattered and I just went <gasps> as everyone in the queue who was queuing up for their afternoon teas their lunches their coffees their teas and everyone just turned around looked at me and went <gasps> There's a staff on the till looked at me and went, ah! <laughs> and the manager suddenly walked over to me and went, ah! and I just went, oh my God, no, I oh got no. 
And this guy just turned around to me and said, it's all right, we'll clean it up. And I went, thank you so much. As I thought, I don't know how it's happened, but I have no chocolate sauerkraut cake around my ankles. It has hit everybody else's ankles. So I picked the bottom of this carrier off thinking this is going in the bin as soon as I get home. And I went to find the table with everybody else. And I just said, I don't believe it. My cake has just fallen on the floor and splattered everywhere. And once we'd actually stopped laughing about it, because first of all, I was just horrified. And then I just found it so hilarious. Like the person who had arranged this group said, oh my God, did we get a photo? I went, no. And she went back to try and get a photo. They cleared this whole mess up. <laughs> and it was as if there had never been a chocolate sauerkraut explosion kick ever in the queue and as I sat down and just thought oh my word I was so proud of this sauerkraut cake because it was a beautiful chocolate cake it had lots and lots of sauerkraut in it I mean lots it was so moist it was so lovely um you know it had a slightly different texture but no different to you know, carrot cake and all of those. It was just like, oh my God, this was beautiful. <laughs> and as per usual, whenever I do my chocolate ganache, I mean, it cost me about 15, 20 quid in chocolate just be just because I put so much blinking decadence on, on the outside of a chocolate cake. It was just hilarious. So I sat there for the rest of this group, you know, looking at other people's cake and thinking well I've tried like beetroot chocolate cake before and I've tried that before and I've tried that before I really wanted to have my <laughs> chocolate sauerkraut cake and everybody be able to taste it and say wow why don't we put sauerkraut in things more often now I don't know about you, but sauerkraut, if there's sauerkraut on, on a menu, I just go crazy for the stuff. I love it. And, uh, you know, when you when you do go to places where it is a normal food, it's always served warm on your plate. <laughs> um, but for a lot of us, we can we can heat it up a little bit. Like we, we went away last year and it was sauerkraut and there were little bits of like... Um, sausage in there and sometimes there's bits of chili and bits of garlic in there and or sometimes it's just heated but sauerkraut is just so good for you um so good for the gut health as well and so many of my friends just have it raw straight out of the straight out of the jar um you know kimchi everything oh my god don't even start me off kimchi cake oh my word do i have to try and have a go at this um but maybe a kimchi cheesecake may be better because then we can have the cheese and the and, and the 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 spices and the chili and stuff like that. You know, like a blue cheese cheesecake. That sounds amazing. I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do some beautiful little biscuits on the bottom. Have you ever tried those angelic biscuits? Because they are so good. The chili one, the chili ones are just lovely. It's a company called Angelic. And they're in a red box with flowers on or something like that. But they're lovely. And we have them with cheese, with really nice cheese on top. So I just love those crackers. They're gluten-free. They're great. I think they're vegan as well. Yeah. It, I mean, it's a cracker. Just having a little sip of tea. 
So when we talk about cakes and things and sauerkraut and do you know what? If I went to a if I went somewhere and they said I was going to get sauerkraut cake, I just have this feeling that it's going to be chocolate sauerkraut cake. So if I went and and I had like a a savoury cake. I think I'd be, I may be a little bit underwhelmed. Who knows? But I'll probably, if ever I'm in Warsaw, I'm going to go to and get this sauerkraut cake from over there. And I get so much inspiration from these magazines. You know, I think what happened to me, first of all, which is what happens to so many, you have to give up gluten and then you buy all these gluten-free recipe books and and you just think, I'm not really inspired because some of the recipes aren't that great. And what I love doing is just looking at something and thinking, right, that's it. So sauerkraut cake, why can't we have sauerkraut chocolate cake? Yes, I've done it once. I must try and recreate that recipe because it was a really good cake. And then having something like kimchi and putting kimchi through. When you make a cheesecake, just don't put in the sugar. And if you put little flecks of kimchi in, Oh my word, how would that taste? That would be absolutely amazing. And again, just putting it on a savoury base. So the biscuits that you put on the bottom. I mean, you could have something like shortbread because there's a little bit of salt in shortbread, but just use some of the lovely crackers. You don't even have to, like, if you use those little angelic, they're little round ones, but you could put them on the bottom easily you, do, you know they would be absolutely fine I know I play around with things but I think that the new cheesecake this summer is going to be with kimchi I really do because we I mean I love cheesecake but ever so often it's lovely to have cheesecake as a starter isn't it rather than a dessert oh why don't we have you know, th this is a new concept and I think I'm going to do this one day. And we're going to have cheesecake for starters. We will have a main course to be able to, without a rich sauce, etc. <laughs> and then we're going to have cheesecake for dessert. I think that will be amazing. So as I said, I got this magazine and I've had it in the bag for, oh, it must be a good two or three months because there will be another one now. There'll be another one out that I have to get. So I'll have to pop to Marks and Spencers because they're or WH Smiths and pick up the magazine. But this is National Geographic Traveller Food. And I've also got National Geographic Traveller um, because that's the, the travel magazine because I thought that'd be good. So this is one of the first things. And last night, it was quite late last night, I was in the office and I just thought, let me open this magazine. And you would be amazed at how many little post-it notes I've put on this magazine. And when I turn a little bit more, so sauerkraut cake, I really, really, really caught my eye. And then the next page is about starters and it's about arancini. And it's a it's a Sicilian classic. It's the little deep fried balls of rice that are then put in, um, uh, what is it? Um, breadcrumbs, deep fried and served. And I always remember going to Italy, to Rome and places like that when I was much, much younger. And the arancini was incredible. And right, so... 
as a filling and then there's rice like a risotto-y rice thing and then it's it's in breadcrumbs and it's deep fried so it stays whole in the bowl and when you bite into this so you you buy them at the normal pizzeria and if you've ever been to Italy most people don't sit down to eat it's a real thing about going out on an evening buying an ice cream and walking up and down uh, the equivalent of a prom you know up and down the street families just go out late at night getting a piece of pizza a pizza like an oblong piece of pizza and it's just wrapped in a little bit of like paper and you eat it while you walk and the arancini is where you queue up and you take them away you don't sit down to eat because then it quadruples the price of what you're going to buy and italians love to walk late in the evening so these arancini i used to love and as you bite into them and you pull that arancini ball away from your mouth you get these telegraph wires and it's the mozzarella that's in the middle that just pulls so long and it's just delicious and I was thinking why don't we have arancini balls for us for gluten-free people because you can get gluten-free breadcrumbs we can make gluten-free breadcrumbs as well can't we so just go and have a look at a great recipe book a proper recipe book and make the arancini from the right type of rice, having the right egg on the outside and then having the breadcrumbs. Whatever bread you make into breadcrumbs, make sure that you allow them to really dry out because when we have breadcrumbs, gluten, with gluten in them, they're really dry, aren't they? So don't just take a piece of bread and whiz it up and think that'll do. No, because that'll be too, that will be too wet, too damp. You really need them to dry out. Um, oh, actually, I'm just looking at the end bit now. It says they're sold by street vendors in Sicily. Well, in Rome, when I went to uh, places like Monte Compatri and Frascati, um, they were, I suppose, like our fish and chip shops in the UK. You know, there would be a queue. You'd walk in. There would be slabs of pizza to buy. Big oblong pizzas they weren't round they were huge great oblong ones and they were cut into pieces and then you you chose which piece of pizza you wanted and then the arancini balls they they were fresh and they were just delicious and you would walk out with whatever you had and eat it as eat it as you walked um oh they talk about dips. I don't ever, ever, ever remember having a dip while I was walking with these things. And they always taste so much better. Um, so, yeah, it says should be dipped in egg breadcrumbs before being deep fried. Make sure the oil is hot. Yes. And you use risotto rice. Aborio rice is the best. And the fillings. Now, this is quite interesting. It said the classic Sicilian filling is ragu with cheese and peas but beyond that um oh gorgonzola i love gorgonzola but i always remember them with mozzarella in the middle and it was just something quite exotic to me i remember i was i think the first time i went to italy i was about eight or nine and two doors away from where my parents lived and where i lived 
a lady lived and her daughter had moved out to Italy and she had a family and we became friends. And I remember the first time I went out to Italy, it was just the most incredible thing. And when I came back from Italy, because bearing in mind, I did eaten all this Italian food. And the other thing as well, I'm talking about Italian bread now. Okay, I know that we can't really have bread. In gluten-free world, no bread is like bread used to be. But I remember when we used to go out for trips and we'd take lunch with us and there'd be really, 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 really hard and crusty rolls. And the children used to get a roll and they used to take all the soft stuff out the middle and throw it away because they only wanted the crispy outer shell. And it's strange how in the UK, everybody likes crustless stuff. And I remember coming back from Italy with this huge, huge, huge loaf. And I am not joking. It was so crispy and tough, the outside. It was out of this world. So I couldn't eat it now. Of course, I, well, I could try it, but I, I know I won't be very well. Uh, but I just remember coming back to the UK and as I, at the age of eight, I proudly announced to my parents and that's it. I'm not eating any English food anymore. I like Italian food. And that was, so remember this is, what, nearly 40 years ago. I suddenly wanted fresh fruit and natural handmade yogurt, homemade yogurt. <laughs> I didn't want that flavoured stuff that we had, Ski. I wanted the proper sour natural yoghurt. And if we had bread, it had to be really crusty like this with butter and with homemade apricot jam. And I wanted to be able to drive along and we stop at the side of the road and buy fresh apricots of, of somebody who was selling them from their garden. And I wanted things like lasagna and pasta. And back 40 odd years ago, this was really groundbreaking stuff. So bless my mum suddenly thought, right, okay, well, let's make a lasagna. And I remember her asking one of the Italian children, how do I make lasagna? Who they turned around and said, I don't know, because that child was probably about five. <laughs> so my mum made this lasagna. And bless, didn't realise you needed a petronel sauce. But we ate it and I liked it. And it was just like, yes, this is the sort of stuff I want to eat. So I remember, oh, 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 back then, it was absolutely incredible. And I, and I loved it, you know, going on that plane without my parents, arriving in Italy and just like, wow, this is a whole new culture. You know, children went to school early in the morning. They were in school at about seven o'clock in the morning. They finished at lunchtime. They were home at lunchtime. Like the supermarket shut for a long time over lunch. You either went in before 12 o'clock or then they had like siesta time and you had to go back later. When you went out for something to eat, you bought it and you walked and ate it. Ice creams, if you sat down and had an ice cream. I remember going when I was about 18 and we all went and had ice creams. I think it cost about £20 for an ice cream to sit down. That that was really expensive. You know, you could go out and have a meal for, probably for a tenner. Because everybody 
ate and walked and enjoyed being there with their family and it's where you bumped into other families and where you had chats and it was just an incredible time so when I opened this magazine I thought you know what I've got to tell you the story of my sauerkraut cake nothing like the sauerkraut cake in this place in Warsaw and then Arancini and those beautiful memories of going somewhere when you are young and just being immersed in the culture in the new foods in the new sensations and I was just oh my word Arancini I will never ever 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 forget the beautiful Arancini that I had over in Italy and how easy would that be to recreate lots of people have got like deep fat fryers lots of people have got really um deep jamming pots which i have so i can put them on the stove put in oil just be really really careful when you're using oil it should only ever be i always ever, i always say only ever a quarter of the way up the side of um whatever pot you were using be very very careful and the deep fat fryers are the best things to use because they're the safest just be really really careful but i absolutely love arancini and thinking how can we look at normal recipe books normal magazines and just change them the only thing we need to change is what we put on the outside of that arancini so if you want to make a beautiful ragu sauce and put that in the middle of the rice and then put that in egg and then put that in breadcrumbs and then deep fry it you can do oh actually hang on a minute it says make me so national geographic have recipes isn't that great and i'd never even realized that so you will be able to have a look at nationalgeographic.co.uk it's the food travel bit so have a look at that and it's just so lovely to think do you know what it's not about being gluten-free it's about looking at normal things that we love eating and just adapting it and tweaking it so we can still enjoy it every single day so i think that's enough about I've spoken about, do you know what, that beautiful cake that I made that I never really ate. Nobody really ate. I must recreate it at some point, the sauerkraut cake and the arancini from, from my childhood. And I have to recreate that. So without further ado, I am going to say goodbye until next time. Thank you so much for spending the, next, the last half an hour with me. I hope that you can go and have a look in some of your recipe books from before you had to give up gluten and think hey do you know what there's a way that I can adapt that because when we do that we start to really take control of everything in our gluten-free life don't we um, and if you want to reach out you can always reach out to me and ask questions it's glutenfreeangela.com and you'll be able to send a question through there and don't forget about Bake Club. Bake Club is now live and we've got, um, you know, people getting amazing, amazing, amazing results through Bake Club that they've gone from not being able to ever bake 
to creating beautiful cakes that their family love. So it's glutenfreeangela.com forward slash bake club. Take a look and uh, everything that you need is on there. So I think I'm going to make some arancini over the next week or so. And I think I may recreate that sauerkraut cake too. There's just something magical about sauerkraut and things like that. And of course, as I've mentioned, I am going to do the cheesecake starter, cheesecake dessert. But what sort of cheesecake dessert will I do at some point during spring? So you take care of yourself. Thank you very much for joining me. And I will be back soon with more. Let's talk about gluten-free. This is Gluten Free Angela. See you soon. Take care. Bye.